from the Library of Congress in Washington, D.C. Welcome to America Works, interviews with contemporary workers throughout the United States, collected by the library's American Folklife Center as part of its Occupational Folklife Project. This is staff folklorist Nancy Gross, and this America Works podcast features excerpts from a longer interview with the respected professional potter Dolores Fortuna, head of Fortuna Pottery, who was interviewed in her studio in Galena, Illinois, by folklorist Meredith McGriff. Fortuna, whose career includes teaching at the Art Institute of Chicago, talks about how she discovered her love of pottery as a student at the University of Chicago. She recalls how she was instrumental in creating cooperative networks and studio spaces for artists in Chicago, as well as working with colleagues to establish the well-known Torpedo Factory, an art space in Alexandria, Virginia. When she moved to Galena, Illinois, about 20 years ago, she worked with the area's large community of potters to establish pottery tours. These popular annual tours bring members of the public, who are also potential customers, directly into scores of potters' studios. As Fortuna speaks, you can hear the gentle hiss of her kiln as it cycles on and off in the background. In grad school, my work was very sculptural, non-functional. And um, actually, my first teaching job, uh, when I got the job, the head of the program said, well, you know, you're going to be teaching beginning wheel. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I said, well, you know, I've never thrown. And (laughs) uh, so over the summer, I would go in and work with him and basically learned how to throw that summer. And it was a real shift for me because I actually really enjoyed it. And, um, and, it, and there was a, more of a directness about uh, this hands-on um, forming process with the potter's wheel that was just so incredibly enticing and pleasurable that I really kind of just skipped into uh, making functional work very naturally. And I think actually my first order was making planters for a plant shop. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we all have to start someplace. And then in about 2000, no, uh, 1980, 82, I moved to Oak Park. And I bought, um, there was a couple that had started a pottery business and they were selling it. And so I bought um, their business when I moved out here in about 2000, 1999, is when I really started to um, do my own work and to kind of push my own uh, ceramics. And so I just taught at the Art Institute. And then I gave me the opportunity to, um, to apply to uh, more competitive shows and to kind of you know, do like the Philadelphia Museum show or the Smithsonian show, and also just um, be more focused on uh, kind of pushing my own ideas. Um, there were people that worked in clay, but and they all knew each other. But we, the um, and as I came out here and started to meet more of them, 
I think I'm kind of a, more of a, a catalyst kind of person. Mm-hmm. And so I just said, you know, you know, I started to kind of feel like I could do this and, and, and I felt there was enough of a core, plus the quality of the work was really good. There were some people doing really good work. And I just kind of felt that if we did something together as an event, um, uh, we would be much stronger than all of us individually, uh, just promoting ourselves. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, and it did work out, and it, it has worked out that way. Our motto is, once a dirt, always a dirt. And I also like the idea of the tour being, having a lot of artists, but not having a real extensive geographical area, so that it would be easy to, you know, in one day, just see all the sites. And I like the idea also here that people were really having different conversations. You know, some people were doing this technique or that raccoon firing, wood firing. It wasn't like we were all doing the same kind of work. We were really addressing ceramics with like strong individual voices, which is what I really also liked about the group here. For some of the people on this, on our tour, this show is their only show they do during the year and it's real significant to them because you know they make work all year round it's really important for them to interact with an audience to get feedback uh, to show their friends and family so I think no matter what level you're working a tour still satisfies a certain need that an artist has to find audience so now we're more than 20 dirty hands um, how do you how do you select the art fairs that you try to get into? Well, I try and get into the best. So yeah. what I do is um, I try and usually I get into maybe the the top you know rankings of art fairs mm-hmm. and um, and I think that there are ways to do it uh, where you can you know there are sites where people rank art fairs, uh, art fair review sites, etc. Et There's Sunshine Artists that ranks shows. Um, so, I, you know, over the period of time, um, you know, the shows that I've been doing are more competitive. Uh, my sales are usually much better mm-hmm. or stronger, maybe to say it that way. And the other thing I like is, again, it's not just about making money, uh, but that a lot of times when you do a, a more high-end show, you often find a kind of um, more educated buyer. Mm-hmm. They may collect clay for a long time. They look at clay. They love clay. And so you have a more informed discussion often about your work. Um, I think a lot of times... Uh, Usually my work kind of shifts out of necessity. Usually I just feel that I can't say anything more about either the in the glaze palette or the forms that I've been using. And I really find that if I'm bored, that you're probably bored. So if I think in my mind, I create my work in my mind before I physically create it. And 
a lot of times the new forms come from the fact that they're really responding to a surface idea. So to me, my surfaces and my forms are really interconnected. You know, I just kind of feel like I have to kind of respond to those voices inside myself. And it keeps, keeps giving, you know, and I feel like it gives my work integrity. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I kind of really, I want to keep, you know, for me, I think as much as any one object is important, that spirit of how you make things is also just really important. And for me, curiosity is one of them. I I get up early. I usually in the summertime I'm in, in the studio by seven thirty eight o'clock, and I usually work till seven o'clock at night. And um, my kiln is a sixty cubic foot updraft, and I in the summertime like to fill that every other week. And so I'll um, and. Yeah, so I just basically work maybe like 60, 80 hour a week, day, you know, hours in a week. I, and I think that a lot of people are surprised the amount of time that art people work. And when I was teaching, I said, you know, I said to students that uh, one of the big things is don't work just when you feel inspired. And um, I have found the studio to be a great refuge for me. You've been listening to Dolores Fortuna, professional potter and craft shop owner in Galena, Illinois. She was interviewed for the American Folklife Center by folklorist Meredith McGriff as part of McGriff's AFC Archie Green Fellowship to document production potters in the Midwestern United States. To hear the complete interview with Fortuna, as well as interviews with other professional potters in the Midwest and hundreds of other contemporary American workers, please visit the library's Occupational Folklife Project at www loc.gov forward slash folklife, or just search online for the Occupational Folklife Project. This is AFC staff folklorist Nancy Gross on behalf of the American Folklife Center, and with special thanks to AFC intern Emil Acosta for her help with this episode. Thank you for listening to America Works. This has been a presentation of the Library of Congress. Visit us at loc.gov.